This is Until All Have Heard with Ed Cannon, the president of the Far East Broadcasting Company. I'm Wayne Shepard. Ed, one thing about a podcast is you never know when someone is listening. But as we sit down and record this conversation, we're thinking about Good Friday to come this week and Easter to come, of course, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I thought maybe we should talk about that. Great idea. And and maybe the topic of suffering in a way. Mm-hmm. And I should give credit to our producer, Joe Carlson, who came up with the idea, of course, as all of our good ideas come from Joe, right? So. Uh, maybe not all, but <laughs> most. <laughs> I try to convince Joe that he should be in on these conversations, but I can never get him on this side of the glass. Mm-hmm. Someday. 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 All right. You can, you, you can pull rank on him, you know. So Yeah. Okay. Well, coming up this week, we remember the death, the sacrifice of uh, Jesus Christ for our behalf. And uh, let's let's talk about that for a few minutes. Just as I was driving in this morning, Wayne, I started sharing with you and Joe a little bit. But I heard on the news, SRN News, actually, it said um, breaking news, headline news, Chinese government breaks in on a house church, arrests 12 people, sends them out. And I thought to myself, first of all, that happens all the time in China. Mm-hmm. My staff are telling me about that all the time. I'm I'm very aware of facial recognition cameras being installed in buildings where house churches are meeting. Even official churches are meeting have facial recognition cameras. And social credit so that if it counts against them if they show up in church, right? Yeah, and you can't bring anyone under 18, and that's strictly enforced where there's guards outside. Anyway, there's a lot of challenges. However— for those that I know in China, they don't view that as suffering. They view that sort of as just part of routine life. It happens hundreds of times a day, not just once, not just breaking news, but all the time. And I think that's consistent with the suggestion that Joe gave us about thinking about suffering not as just one-time event, but there's continual suffering in the process of being a Christian. Jesus commanded us, if you would be my disciple, you will deny yourself. Everybody remembers the line, you know, and and pick up your cross daily and follow me. And that gets a lot of misinterpretation. But you can't misinterpret that line, deny yourself, which means put things of Christ ahead of things of yourself. Which is a form of suffering. It is. It's exactly a form of suffering. And I, I recall, too, when Jesus took the disciples to Caesarea Philippi, In three of the four Gospels, he says specifically, when Peter is pulling Jesus aside and saying, no, 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 we won't let you suffer. We won't let you, we won't let them do this to you, Jesus. Remember what Jesus said to Peter, you are thinking of the things of man, not the things of God. And the things of God look beyond suffering. Uh, We just read earlier today that Jesus went to the cross. It was a joy to do that. How can you think about joy and such horrific suffering in the same sentence? It's inconceivable to us as humans, but we must put ourselves in that context and think about that and think about how we do everything possible to avoid suffering in this life. And and I'm not criticizing people for that. I do the same thing. You know, you avoid pain, you avoid difficulty, you avoid discomfort, but yet... uh, this life as Christians, we're called to discomfort. Uh, Christ is an example of how to suffer to us, isn't he? He is. Uh, Hebrews 5, verse 7 through 9. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, 
he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. Here's the lesson. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obeyed him. So he learned via his suffering. We learn via trials. So many times in my personal life, I've been through a trial and begged God to get me out of this trial. But yet when I look back on it, I learned so much from those difficult circumstances that it's obvious that God had some purpose. My pastor has often said, when you're going through a trial, don't try and focus on getting out of it, but focus on what God is trying to teach you in it. You and I have both heard that thought expressed many times in, with our brothers and sisters overseas in places like China and Southeast Asia and Muslim-controlled countries where they, they, don't, they don't pray for an end to the persecution, which seems odd to us, doesn't yeah. it? Exactly, Wayne. And I've heard many times our brothers in the Chinese churches saying, well, we've had some easy times where the laws weren't so strictly enforced And now it seems as though it's becoming more difficult. However, the church grows the fastest in the times when persecution is the greatest. Mm -hmm. Um, It's hard to envision that. Yeah. But that's what we hear from our brothers and sisters overseas. Well, you read it in verse uh, 8. He learned obedience through what he suffered. That's the lesson they're learning that we need to come to grips with, too. And actually, I even see that just in their general nature. Um, and, and maybe it's because I'm, I'm soft and I'm not as tough, but people that I see living in really difficult circumstances in places like Myanmar, where the difficulties are enormous yeah, at the moment. Think of the difficulty they're going through right now. Yeah. They take these things more in stride than we do. Oh, well, you know, it's a challenging time. Oh, well, I don't have anything to eat. Oh, well, um, our house has been destroyed, it damaged. It's difficult to do the broadcast, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But they take it with so much less concern than we do here in America. Oh, dear, my favorite store has gone out of business, and I don't know where I'm going to be able to buy my special ice cream, those kinds of things. Right. Um, it's just inherent to the way they live. Uh, their circumstances are more difficult than ours, and as a result, they don't seem to mind suffering as much. Yeah. I mean, you share that almost silly example, but it really is true. I mean, even as you said that, I can think of things in my life that I've complained about yeah. that I know business complaining about because they, they, they're not suffering. They're yeah. certainly not suffering for the yeah. sake of the gospel. Yeah. I, I was in India not too long ago, of course, before COVID, but uh, it was well over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. And I remember complaining to myself because the air conditioning in the place where I was staying could only drop the temperature in the room down to about 80. But I'm sure that was far better than the people who had no air conditioning, which is the bulk of the people there. And we took a long ride in a car, and it was really, really hot. And um, our driver, who was a dear, dear Christian man who serves FIBA India very faithfully, I finally got sort of spoiled as an American and said, you know, maybe could we turn the air conditioning on in the car? Because it was like 95 in the car. And he said, well, it is on, <laughs> it, which has taught me a lesson. Later in that same day, 
I said to him, well, you know, I, we'd been driving for hours on dusty, bumpy roads in a really hot car to visit ministries, none of which had air conditioning, and it was so hot and so intolerable, yet I saw in people's faces this great joy to be worshiping God. Their worship of God was so much more important to them than the physical conditions on this earth that it just manifests to me this lesson of accepting suffering in a way that we just don't here in the U.S. On the way home back to the office that night, um, I, I was sharing with the driver, you know, I have to get up really, really early in the morning, like 3.30, because I got to go to the airport early. And I sure hope you can sleep in a little bit, because this poor guy had been driving six or eight hours that day. He says, oh, no, you see, my wife and I get up at 4 o'clock every morning because that's our special time of prayer. We read God's Word and pray together. I look forward every day to getting up at that time. And it really humbled me, Wayne, that we just don't have this idea um, of putting ourselves out because it feels like suffering. To them, it's not suffering. It's right. joy. Right. Just like Jesus, when it says he went to the cross, it was great joy. Yeah. And yeah, you referenced that. It's in Hebrews 12, uh, verses 2 and 3. Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that lay before him endured a cross, despised the shame, sat down at the right hand of God's throne. There it is, the joy. He suffered unto death. Hmm. You know, the things that we suffer unto most often, of course, hmm. in this world, hmm. in our life, hmm. is, is not uh, unto death. It is for many believers around the world, though. I like the way that verse ends that you were reading there, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Endure. Yeah. Don't let discouragement get in front of you. Don't lose heart. Fire up. Charge ahead. Never let anything oppose you. Yeah. In struggling against sin, verse 4 says, you've not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Yeah, that's right. Think of what Christ did. Yeah. Many of our staff overseas, Wayne, when the COVID hit, um, we started thinking about, wow, all these things that are being blocked, we it's going to be difficult getting people into our offices. We can't gather that many people together. And right away, I think my mind went to what are the barriers, all these barriers, how are we going to get around it? And yet when I was talking to our staff, once again, they've got a different attitude about it. Not that these are barriers. What are the opportunities? Because our listeners are suffering with the same circumstances. So how can we use our ability to broadcast to speak more powerfully into the lives of our listeners in this particular context. Yeah, you're locked in your home. Spend more time in God's Word. Spend more time listening to the radio. Spend more time praying. Draw closer to God because you don't have the distractions that we're typically in everyday life. Depend on Him more for your health, for your safety, and for your peace of mind. And so it's every obstacle becomes an opportunity. And I know it's not suffering, but it's in the same category as yes. suffering. Yeah, yeah. Um, you lead a staff of broadcasters around the world. And uh, prior to COVID, when you were traveling more, you got to meet face-to-face -face with these dear folks. Mm -hmm. and uh, But you're providing leadership to them, and yet they teach you so many things. I, I can say that because we've talked about that. Yeah. Um, what would you say to them on Good Friday in anticipation of Easter? What would you say to them that, that they don't know or maybe need to uh, think about? Well, it's just the, the message we started with. You know, it was with great joy that Christ did what he did. 
He's making a sacrifice, a tremendous sacrifice for the salvation of many. So as they work long hours, as they struggle with difficult circumstances, poor equipment, hot offices, difficult personal life situations, oppression from governments or local fundamentalists, they're making that sacrifice with joy because look at the opportunity that they're providing. You know, we just did a funeral last week for a longtime missionary of FEBC who had grown up in uh, Siberia and spent time on Saipan hmm. and providing an, an unbelievably powerful ministry to Russian-speaking people through shortwave radio. Um, and, and she suffered greatly at the end of her life. And yet one of the people at the memorial service said, but today she is surrounded by tens of thousands of people saying, it was your ministry that introduced me to Jesus Christ. And now we're here in great joy in heaven uh, celebrating together. What a great thought. Not that all the suffering matters anymore, but it's the joy to look forward to. It's the future that we have to spend eternity in heaven knowing that we did what we could do despite the circumstances, despite the suffering, so that many people would be inspired to follow Jesus Christ. Well, let's uh, look to the example of Christ for how we respond to suffering. And uh, as you said, it's the joy set before him. So Hmm. that's the message I'm going to take into this week, Ed. Me too. Yeah. Let's not worry about all the stuff that's going on around us in this world. Right. Let's celebrate the fact that Christ has promised us eternity with him because of what he's done this week. And let's celebrate that together. We've uh, shared a couple of verses from Hebrews. Why don't you uh, turn to Hebrews 13 and uh, verses 11 through 13. Why don't we conclude with this word? Any comment you want to offer in those verses? I think this would be a great thought to end our time together. Sure, Wayne. The high priest carries the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering. But the bodies are burned outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us, then, go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. Yeah. Bearing his disgrace. That's the phrase that leaps off the page at me. Wow. Well... Unfortunately, we probably don't get the opportunity to bear the same disgrace he did, but we can share in some small way. Let us never be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let us never be ashamed to stand with him in the circumstance that we're given, even if it means we have to suffer so that that joy can be put before us. Well, even though we look ahead now at the suffering on Good Friday, of course, before we talk again, it will be Easter, and we have the the glorious resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I want to skip over that because that is the the hinge of history, as they say, right? He is risen. He is risen. What a glorious day that would have been to stand in the garden and see what was going on at that very moment and feel it. And yet here we are thousands of years afterwards, and we get the opportunity to celebrate that arisen Christ and um, join his fellowship. Yeah. And thanks for the conversation today. These uh, programs, until all have heard, are meant to give our listeners a little more uh, understanding of the thinking that goes into the ministry of the Far East Broadcasting Company and your leadership. So thank you for taking the time. And uh, let's just uh, conclude with a word of prayer, if you would, and just uh, thank the Lord for his sacrifice. 
Yes, Father, there's nothing we can compare to the sacrifice you've made for us and for the benefit that we reap that we don't deserve by having you accept us as righteous because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We stand shoulder to shoulder with all the people serving you around the world, not just with FEBC, but so many thousands and tens of thousands of people who are missionaries, who are disciples of yours, who are enduring suffering at this very moment because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we pray, Lord, that you would encourage them, embolden them, protect them as necessary so that one day we can join together with you in heaven. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. And let's say, we hope you enjoy a glorious and blessed Easter celebration. Thanks for joining us. Amen to that. Thank you for joining us here on Until All Have Heard. And thanks for your prayerful support of the Far East Broadcasting Company. Of course, there's more information. Probably know this at febc.org, but we encourage you to go there. Take the time to read through the stories, watch the videos, and learn how to pray for the ministry of FEBC. Thanks for listening until all have heard.